0: We hear so much about the importance of staying active as we age and staying active for a good healthy weight, but there are so many other benefits. To tell us about those today is Dr. Stephen Montague, he's a concierge primary care physician at Evergreen Health Signature Care. Dr. Montague, what a great topic, certainly in my wheelhouse and something I love to talk about. So we hear about this importance, but why is it even more important as we age? And what are some of these other benefits I mentioned?
1: Well, thank you, Melanie. That's a a great part of this topic. And of course, as for you being an exercise physiologist, I'm equally excited about this. The the thing is, is if I were to compile a top 10 list of the reasons why you want to stay active as you age, I would put weight loss towards the bottom. It wouldn't even make the top five, because there are so many other very important benefits of staying active. Multiple studies have confirmed that if you take a group of older people and you break them down into exercisers and the non-exercisers, and you study them over, say, a 10-year period, all-cause mortality is decreased in that group of exercisers. That means that death by all causes is less in the exercising group than in the non-exercising group, not to mention the risk of decreased cardiovascular disease, stroke, and certain kinds of cancer, such as breast and uh, colon and lung cancer. So there's a, a lot of good reasons other than maintaining a healthy weight to exercise as you age.
0: Well, I couldn't have said it better myself. And as as you pointed out, there are so many other benefits. How do you help your patients? Dr. Montague, what tips and ideas? People are probably always asking you for motivational ideas. How can I get started? How can I keep motivated? That seems to be the hardest thing for everyone.
1: Well, it, it certainly is, yes. And probably the first thing I usually share with them, Melanie, is that of all the people that begin exercising and stay exercising about 75% of those people do it at the beginning of their day that's oftentimes the last part of our day where we have control you know you you go on about your day and then oftentimes you're at the beck and call of other people or if you're still working you go to work and then you completely lose control your day so for for people who I want to continue exercising uh, I say start out by doing it at the beginning of your day when you still have control
0: I agree with you 100%. The dropout rate later in the day is so much more. So, so give us some more of them.
1: Well, so then at that point, we try to personalize this. And it's important to find out what, what motivates a given person. It might be that maybe they want to try and keep up with their grandkids. They want to have the endurance that's required to take their kids to Disneyland or go for a walk in the park or just even pick up grandchildren. Um, what motivates them? Oftentimes, People really enjoy music with me as a former musician. Music, I, I'm always listening to music when I'm exercising. Or the other thing are all these books on tape now. You can just learn so much as you can, and kind of multitask as you uh, listen to books on tape while you exercise. Or oftentimes people enjoy listening to newscasts and do it, at the, do it while you're exercising. Certainly, if you're doing cardiovascular uh, work and you're going for a walk on the trail or you're on a treadmill or whatever, it's really easy to be listening to a book or listening to a newscast or just enjoying great music. Other people enjoy getting out in nature, and that's the thing that that really turns them on to exercise and keeps them going. But I find um, rewards are very helpful. You know, we're all, even older people are basically just big kids, and having that kind of reward really helps perpetuate the whole exercise thing. And sometimes it can be just minor rewards. I was talking to a lady who um, we were trying to get her to exercise, and finally she just on her own found this Fitbit. And every once in a while the Fitbit, if she walked for a certain amount of steps, the Fitbit would tell her, say, for instance, that she's crossed the Sahara Desert or whatever. The number of steps she took and would be taken would be enough to get her across the Sahara. Or now, five years later, she's walked around the world, actually, because she gets these little uh, messages from her Fitbit of, of these little reward messages of how far she's walked and how well she's done with her exercise program. But some people, they can buy themselves little treats. You know, it might be a, um, you know, a new book or a new piece of music or, or um, meet a certain goal and go on a trip with a family. But there are lots of things you can do. But kind of in some ways, you've got to reward yourself like you'd reward a child with a spoonful of sugar to help the medicine go down. But the other thing, of course, is hopefully the medicine's not bad to begin with. You find a good form of exercise that you really enjoy, and it might be swimming or it might be hiking or it might be dancing. You know, in our concierge practice, we try to do things to encourage our patients to exercise. We have a full-time yoga teacher on staff. She teaches two yoga classes for our patients. Um, We have a health and wellness coach who has master's levels training in both exercise physiology and nutrition, so she can help. And I just found out she was actually on the ballroom dance team in college. So now we're doing some ballroom dance classes for our patients just to get them active. Um, The other thing we do to just keep them going, and any medical practice can do this, is we have once a month we have this walk with your doc thing where anybody who wants to can come and meet me and my partner, and we just go for a half-hour walk. It could be on a trail, it could be anything, but just encouraging people to get up and get moving. As we all know, sitting is the new smoking, so we're trying to get people up and moving.
0: How wonderful. Everything that you've said, I couldn't agree more. I love books on tape. That's a fantastic way to keep walking. Really, it just you get immersed in a book, like Harry Potter is amazing. And you can walk for so long. And I also love walk with a doc, because that does give your patients that chance to walk with you and converse. And what a great program that you've got going, Dr. Montague. So besides exercise, because we hear about nutrition, supplements, all of these things, What about the importance of social interaction? As people age, they can get lonely, kids move away, grandkids live far. But in this day and age, there's Facebook and Instagram and all these things. Do we get the same benefit from those social interactions online?
1: I wish I could give you some research to um, give you a definitive answer on that, and I can't. So I have to preface this by saying, what I'm about to say probably I couldn't give you scientific uh, backup for. But my, my personal opinion after 27 years of practice is that um, it's not the same. Um, you, you lose a lot when you're looking at at someone's Facebook post, first of all, it's not in real time. Second of all, it's tough to get all the inflections. When you and I talk, at least I can pick up on the tone of your voice and I can get added meaning by what you say and the pregnant pauses between words and all those kinds of things. And if we're talking face-to-face, I get even a ton more information about how I think you're feeling and and how, how I feel you're thinking about certain things. I can look at your facial expressions and you just don't get that with social media. I think it's a poor substitute for socialization. You know, and socialization, of course, is another good, uh, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but another way to get back to motivation. You know, some people really like to do their exercise in groups, and you can get the benefit of that socialization as well as your exercise when you find a team of people that exercise together. But the whole idea of getting that social contact has been shown time and time again to correlate with reduced risk of dementia and especially Alzheimer's type dementia and cognitive decline. And so I I think it's important to have that social interaction, and I'm not totally sure that you're going to get the kind of social interaction you need if you just rely on social media. Now, of course, social media has its benefits, but I would also encourage my patients to have face-to-face time with another human being because I don't think there's any replacement for that.
0: Oh, I couldn't agree more. And it does give you a little added, like you pay attention to somebody who maybe you haven't seen in a long time. And it does give that, especially if you're a distance. But you're right. Face-to-face time makes so much more of a difference. If you could give your patients listening and the community at large your best piece of advice on steps that people can take today, what they can do right now, and to working with their provider to set those SMART goals and to get going with exercise and to take a look at what they're eating and how they're eating, all of these things. And it can be very confusing for listeners. Dr. Montague, if you could really give them one best piece of your best advice, what would that be?
1: Well, that's difficult. Because as you know this is a this is a big subject. But I, I tell my patients with regard to exercise, if I could hone it down to one thing, I guess I would say five minutes is better than zero minutes. Don't you agree? I mean, if you as an exercise physiologist, I mean, getting out and just get five minutes of a walk or five minutes on the treadmill or the stationary bike, that's better than zero minutes. You know, it's funny. I I told that to somebody the other day, and they said, whoa, I never thought of that. It's like they're operating on this base two system, whether it's either off or on, all or nothing. But that's not the case. You just go out and get started, and pretty soon five minutes turns into seven and seven turns into 10, and then you start to feel stronger, and you get not a vicious cycle but a virtuous cycle going where reward builds confidence, builds more success, builds more rewards, and you spiral upward instead of downward.
0: Wow, do I love that. Virtuous. What a great way to end this excellent segment. Dr. Montague, thank you so much for coming on and discussing this with us and giving such real usable tips that we can all get started today. Thank you again. And that wraps up this episode of Checkup Chat with Evergreen Health. Head on over to our website at evergreenhealthsignaturecare.com for more information and to get connected with one of our providers or even to do the Walk with Doc program because that is such a great way to connect with your provider. If you found this podcast as cool as I did, as fun to listen to, share it with your friends and your family. Share on social media because that way we're all learning together and that way we can all get motivated and get moving together. Until next time, I'm Melanie Cole.